0: To RA Podcast, the official Retro Achievement Podcast. I am Draco655, joining as always by my co hosts, Shuzi and Bendy Human. How are you guys today?
1: Doing pretty good, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm doing
2: fantastic. I'm really excited for what we have in store for you guys today.
0: Today, we're also joined by a very special guest. Please introduce yourself, Mr. Retro Sexual.
3: Hey, everybody. I'm retro-sexual. Very big uh, retro enthusiast, obviously. Um, I've kind of uh, lurked around the retro-achievement community after I discovered it. Um, Definitely fit uh, what I would like to do on Twitch. I've been a software engineer for the past five years. Uh, Definitely uh, the biggest interest for me is being able to break apart these games and just see what they're made of. And also see what the players are made of whenever they try to go to do these achievements. So this is definitely a big interest for me, and I'm happy to be here.
0: Awesome. So the three of us have put together some questions for you. So if you're really, let's get started. Let's go. So so my first category... uh, No, yeah, that's that's right. Let's go. Let's go ahead with with, uh, some questions for
1: you. Of course. And um, thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. So starting off... Um, Tell us a little bit about how you discovered Retro Achievements.
3: Yeah, so um, after I got, actually, before I got done with college, a friend of mine turned me on to the RetroPie project. I'm a big fan of microcontrollers, uh, being able to use them to automate anything in the home, uh, really anywhere, because having this type of technology available is very interesting to me. Uh, My brother's a Microsoft MVP who also works on Internet of Things, so we both have an interest in being able to basically connect everything that we can uh, to be able to just control our environment around us. So whenever I started building RetroPies and, you know, fiddling around with that, I noticed that there was a section that said Retro Achievements, and that really piqued my interest. So I looked into it and I saw that it said, hey, you know, if you go to this website and you create an account, you'll actually be able to track your progress on Achievements. And uh, it's basically history from there. I fell in love with it. I thought it was the greatest thing, you know, since sliced bread. Uh, I started watching Twitch about two years ago, and that's where I found other retro achievers that were uh, streaming this content. And I've been hooked ever since.
1: Interesting. That's also how I um, got into retro achievements myself, is through a, a Raspberry Pi with Retro Pi on it. So we would share that as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good, good way to start off. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tell us a little bit more about, we know that you are a pretty big RPG fan. What is it about RPGs that you love so much?
3: It really just comes down to the type of game that I fell in love with. Uh, and it's not to say that RPG is, you know, the, the pinnacle of what I like to do. It's just what I chose that I love that would make me unique on Twitch. You know, these RPG sets are nothing to mess around with. They're very um, involved as far as multiple playthroughs. Uh, Really hard achievements that take a lot of planning uh, as opposed to something you know like watching Draco do a couple of Mario Kaizos and have to execute over and over until it gets right. Uh, The RPGs is a bit different because it takes a lot of setup to make sure that you get it right. Um, And it also was able to introduce me to things that I never knew about the games that I love. One of my favorite RPGs is Final Fantasy VII, but it wasn't until I did the retro achievement set here recently that I learned that the very final boss fight is actually completely predetermined, you know, every single move that, you know, Sephiroth will make in that final battle. Never knew that. And those are the types of things that I really enjoy finding out when I do these games, you know, and especially in their long form is finding out the ones and zeros that go into it, that make this game uh, operate the way that it does. And, you know, which inadvertently causes me to just fall in love with them the way that I did. Um, I'm a big Mega Man fan though, Uh, Mega Man, Metroid, uh, those types of games really appeal to me. Um, and I'm not sure why I honestly couldn't tell you, but I like the idea of being able to choose your own path, uh, being able to solve problems in different ways. I like the challenges of being able to do things where you're restricted on resources. Uh, so those games and the achievement sets that uh, have been made for them very much appeal to me and my play style.
1: Yeah, the Mega Man sets are are quite a bit of fun, and the Final Fantasy um uh, seven set is very unique and very interesting. And I can say that as somebody that's played that game probably half a dozen times over my life, I literally learned about how much I really didn't know about the game when I played that set through. <laughs> that's that's got a lot going on. So
3: yeah, um, definitely. That's the the currently I'm working on Final Fantasy eight. And again, it's uh, it's an educational process. <laughs> you definitely get to get in and learn the very nitty-gritty of how that game works. And you also get to get a perspective on it because uh, when we talk about you know retro achievements, you want to do things that are going to be plausible for the player to do, right? And whenever I looked at the achievement list, and um, in particular the one about seeing all spells in the game, um to do that, you also have to, well, at the time you had to, uh, do selfies, uh, unique spells, right? I never even knew that those existed because I had, you know, abused the junction system and beating the brakes off of that game. So, you know, I, it never crossed my mind to actually look at the spells that she had available to her. Sure enough, there's so much to that game that I never got to experience until I was forced to do it for retro achievements. And I'm thankful for that.
1: Interesting. And um, speaking of Final Fantasy, how did you come up with your goal to master every Final Fantasy game on retro achievements?
3: It really came about just trying to do something unique. Um, I I have a lot of friends that do things on hard mode. Uh, They do things that are uh, just very unique to a particular series. And so I felt like that one would really make me stand out on Twitch because to do uh, an RPG set, One, you have to keep your audience engaged while you're doing things like grinding, right? That's something that you have to be able to overcome because it's not very entertaining to watch, but it's necessary to do the achievement. And if you can keep your audience engaged while also being able to perform that, I think that that's the type of hurdle that I would like to overcome and make me unique on Twitch.
1: Interesting. Okay. So, um, what would you say your experiences are like with speed running? Is that something that you're interested in pursuing more in the future?
3: Yeah, I would definitely like to dabble in it. Um, I already have uh seen a uh, scene and split set up for Quake Two. Uh, I'm a big first person shooter fan as well. So that one definitely appealed to me. I have thought about running Mega Man X because that's a game that I owned as a child and um, definitely know the ins and outs of it, especially considering that was my first retro treatment badge uh, was being able to complete the Mega Man X set. Uh, so that one's definitely on the table, but it's also one of those things where you see it a lot on Twitch. And so for me, I would rather go a different route and just try to pick something that is uh, less common in the retro community and just try to you know fill the gap there rather than doing what everyone else is doing.
1: For sure, for sure. And um yeah, I've watched a decent amount of Mega Man X speedrunning and even the achievement set for it is quite quite challenging as well. But i imagine having that much perfection throughout the game can be can be a big challenge in its own. So um, you know, speaking of, of perfection and, and getting all of the techniques down and things like that, uh talk to us and our audience a little bit more about um what is the process of learning how to speed run a game like, and what sort of challenges do you face when you do something like that?
3: Um, there's going to be two parts to it as far as what I have experienced, and it's going to be technique as far as how to execute the different things that are going to give you an advantage on time, and then memorizing the pathing. Um, specifically speaking on the Quake 2, uh, so in Quake 2, when you speed run, uh, there are a couple things to think about. Um, whenever you are jumping and adjust your uh, angle, you gain velocity. So there is a way to jump through the game so that you are constantly at max velocity. And then there is things like the double jump. When you jump onto an edge or say on a barrel or something, you can actually execute a double jump, which can save you a lot of time in different areas. Um, So that's the technique part of it. But then there's also going to be the pathing. Um, One of the issues that I'm having right now is perfecting rocket jumps. Uh, because I am very prone to blow myself up, so <laughs> being able to execute the technique of rocket jumping and also getting to the part that I need to to continue the path, those are two things that you have to balance to be a good speedrunner. It's a very interesting dynamic because it applies to everything. Um, being able to you know defeat a certain boss in Mega Man X versus being able to you know do a precise rocket jump in the air fire two more rockets through a grate to hit two different points that you completely skip a portion of the game. Uh, they're very similar, but you know, uh, those are going to be the necessary skills that you have to speed run regardless of the genre that you're playing.
1: Absolutely. And, um, one of the things we've talked a little bit about on the podcast before is just that, um, with speed running, a lot of those skills, translate particularly well into a lot of achievement sets, not necessarily because the achievement sets um, have speed running achievements per se, but they have achievements that require a lot of precision that can a lot of the time be obtained through speed running and a lot of reps in the game. So that, that is a good point that you make. And um, switching gears here a little bit, uh, what game would you say that you're most proud to have mastered on retro achievements and why?
3: oh that that's a loaded question. Oh, i I would have to go for now. I only have a few badges. I'm still working on um, you know the RPG sets. They take a lot longer. So so far, seven is gonna be uh, by far the one I'm most proud of. Uh, I think I'm six on the leaderboard. I was six to master that game. Um, one, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, hands down, very easy for me to argue with people about that but the fact that I was able to go through and outside of the low level game, I didn't really need a guide for anything because I knew that much about the game that I was able to do it. That's what really made me the most proud about it was the fact that I was able to traverse it without the assistance, you know, from the outside. Now going through final fantasy eight, I know that game pretty well, but there's a lot of things that you need to know that you can miss just because of how that game is structured. Um, so that's really you know, going to be why that one takes the cake on this. I feel like Mega Man X is one of those sets you can look at, uh, and also Rondo of Blood. That's the second one that I did. I put both of those in the same category because if you look at those and think, I'm making a set for a game where I have to traverse a level, beat a boss, and then continue on, right? So when you take that dynamic and start breaking it down, you can actually come up with a really good formula for what should be a good achievement set for that, you know, given some different attributes about the game that don't really apply to the other, right? Uh, there's no point in trying to find something that is equivalent to Buster only and Rondo of Blood, but being able to do bosses damage lists, yeah, that's going to kind of fit that bill, right? But you go to something like uh, Final Fantasy VII, I did not think that that uh, low-level game was going to be possible for me, but it was so rewarding when I was done. And it wasn't the fact that I had done it. It was the fact that once I finally got to the end, I understood that game so much that it was pretty much a walkthrough at that point. I didn't really have any trouble at the very end. Um, The low-level game itself is actually uh, not that hard once you get past um, the submarine fight. I feel like uh, doing carry armor and getting on that submarine is the hardest thing you have to do. After you do that, uh, the game is pretty much on autopilot for you to finish it. And it's very rewarding um, to see that Ultima go off on Genova. You don't get the experience. One person survives at least. You go into the Bizarro Sephiroth fight, and then it's pretty much, you know, over from there.
1: Yeah, the low-level run uh, is definitely um, something I thought I also wasn't going to be able to do. And you mentioned carry armor and the lovely um, Lapis Laser RNG. (laughs) I I believe
3: it's a third of a chance every fight for that to go off at the very beginning. And people speed run that game on that kind of chance. Baffles my mind.
1: Yeah, that one is is particularly brutal. But um, congratulations on mastering that set because that is not an easy one. I've, I've, uh, definitely had my fair share of, uh, obstacles overcome with that as well. So, um, talk to us a little bit more about, um, what is the greatest gaming challenge that you've overcome in or outside oh. of RA?
3: Oh, that's toughy. Um, cause I, I would say that it would be the low level games, but once you actually get down to the nitty gritty and just do it, It's not that bad, which is why I've kind of uh, pulled back my criticisms of having low-level games. I'm not really a big fan of having to do multiple playthroughs, but I don't think that it's outside of the realm of asking the RA community to do that for the badge, right? So for me, the greatest gaming challenge that I have overcome, it would probably be whenever um, Doom Eternal released. I decided that I would do that on... um, the next, the, the next from last difficulty. So not ultra nightmare where you have to restart the whole game when you die, but I did it on nightmare so that it was extremely difficult, but was extremely fun to do. I had a heart monitor on. I was showing that, you know, I was very into it. I'm a big first person shooter fan, and being able to beat that game uh, during launch before everybody figured out, you know, how to deal with the marauder, how to deal with certain enemies, uh, how to, you know, min max your uh, weapon selection, all that it was very rewarding to say, no, I didn't need all that. I just needed to, you know, have good aim and good movement and understand the game mechanics to win, and I did.
1: Yeah, and it's always interesting when a game is in its very early release period of just kind of figuring things out and the communities coming together together And, um, you know, kind of coming up with some general strategy. But there's always kind of that excitement of when a game is is fresh. I don't myself play a lot of modern games, but it's always fun to watch people figure things out, especially with like, um, you know, speedrun things when people are just figuring a game out and kind of putting all the pieces together for new games and figuring out ways to optimize them. So, um, what would you say is your favorite console and why?
3: Oh man. I would just pretty much say the super Nintendo (laughs) off the top of my head. Um, I get a little bit of flack from my buddies about being a Nintendo fanboy, which is not the case, but I do think that the super Nintendo is probably one of the best systems, uh, to be released in my lifetime. Uh, the reason for that is, is that the quality of games and the step that was made from the 8-bit NES to the 16-bit SNES, uh, was very substantial to me. We always talk about how modern games are looking so good and these leaps in graphics and everything. I think if you look at the NES and the leap to the SNES, you're going to see that same type of uh, progression. Uh, that was one of the bigger leaps for me. Uh, and just the quality of games that were on there, um, especially, so this is the thing that I, uh, whenever I debate on, you know, why I think the Super Nintendo was better than the Genesis, the thing that I always bring up is sound. Uh, my original major or what was going to be my original major in college was going to be music. I really wanted to make uh, v- video game music. I wanted to, you know, make soundtracks. I had written out music from final fantasy seven that I got the, you know, high school band to play uh, just because that was part of my assignment in my AP class. Um, so for me, the super Nintendo having such a good sound quality by having the developer record their own samples and put that into the game made it a little bit better than the Genesis because of, you know, if you listen to a game like Chrono Trigger, no other game sounds like that. If you listen to Secret of Mana, no other game sounds like that, right? We could debate graphics all day, but to me, there's not really that big of a a graphics difference between the SNES and the Genesis, especially when you compare games like Donkey Kong Country, right? Rare games in that era were just... Uh, they were a different tier of visually ap- appealing, right? The way those games looked really pushed the limits of what the SNES could do. And you can see the equivalent on the Genesis side, but you don't get the same sound quality, or at least not the same diversity. Now, the the Genesis sound chip does sound good, but it is also very restrictive, right? And they, the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo sound chips were notoriously bad to program for, but the results cannot be argued with in my opinion. And that's why I think it's the superior system.
1: Interesting. So the sound and, and um, yeah, I mean, there are times where, you know, you'll hear me, at least for me, I'll hear some music and it'll take me back to exactly when I first played that game for games that I have played a long time ago when I was a, a younger person. So um, what is your favorite RPG game and why?
3: It's definitely going to be Final Fantasy VII. Uh, that was a uh, a game that I got to play at a very unique time in my life. Um, I had to you know, bust my keister to save up the money to get a PlayStation uh, because my parents weren't interested in getting game consoles after the Super Nintendo. They were just like, no, this is not worth our investment. So I wanted the PlayStation, right? And I didn't even know about Final Fantasy VII. I just knew I wanted the PlayStation. So um, my mom worked with this guy who was selling his, so I got to play it, and one of the games that he owned was Final Fantasy VII. And I thought it was cool because, you know, it was, it was 3D graphics. I had played a few of the Final Fantasy games before, uh, but um, Chrono Trigger is really about the only RPG that I got into um, before the PlayStation era, or at least before I got a hold of one. But then when I played that one, I was like, well, this is pretty cool. I like the battle system. I like how you get to run around in the world map it all changed whenever I actually got to play the game and experience the storyline, which to me is one of their better storylines. Um, and I think those themes really resonate today when you, you know, not to get political or anything, but you know, socioeconomic, economic justice, um, environmentalism, uh, a lot of these things still rain, you know, still, you know, ring a bell today. And I think it's very relevant. And that's why to me, it's one of my favorites. Um, I really like the idea of having uh, cloud as a protagonist who thinks he's somebody he's not. Uh, that's very, you know, an interesting take on a character. I really liked um, like movies like Memento uh, game, other games, RPGs like Planescape Torment uh, where the character's identity is very ambiguous and you don't know what's going on. So you as the player have to kind of piece that thing together. So that plus, you know, a million other attributes about Final Fantasy seven make it, my favorite rpg and i don't think that's going to change anytime soon
1: fair enough and I, I do remember i first played it on pc and the excitement of like it came in like this very unique box it was like a trapezoid shaped box and just like seeing it at the computer store um and just being excited about it and i played it a lot as a kid too so i have a lot of, of good memories of it um for pc and originally although i played it on on playstation of course as well um, as far as games on retro achievements and new additions, are there any games that you would like to see added to retro achievements? And, and, um, uh, I noticed on your profile that you have three additional set requests available on your account. So, you know, with your final fantasy challenges, there just a lack of, um, final fantasy games that you want to see, or just not sure what you'd like to see added to the site.
3: Well, so I've actually thrown my hat in the ring and I'm developing my first set right now and I'm hoping that I will learn enough so that I can go and do the Dungeons and Dragons games that are lacking achievements right now. Um, I'm a big tabletop role-playing fan. Um, I love playing Warhammer 40k role-playing, Dungeons and Dragons, like you name it, I can probably get down with rolling some dice and playing a character in it. Uh, So for me, I actually took a look at the Dungeons and Dragons hub, and I noticed that there is only one arcade game that actually has achievements to it. So my thought was, well, you know, the reason I got into wanting to develop sets was I feel like these older Dungeons and Dragons games could use sets. Maybe not a lot of people would play them, but for the few that did, I feel like I would, you know, be doing them a service. And of course, I'm going to play them too, uh, because I love those kind of games. Um so I know that I of the beholder doesn't have a set. Um I would definitely be down for working on that as long as I, you know, had the proper training to do so. Uh the Dragonlance games on NES. I actually read those books uh right before I went to college and thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that uh book series. So the Dragonlance games on NES are also kind of, you know, in my reticle for things that I would like to work on. Um as far as uh, other games go, I'm just really excited to see you know what comes out of the rest of the PlayStation era uh, and also seeing what other systems get added and what other games get added for them for now, though, I think my focus uh, after I complete my first set, I would like to start working on the Dungeons and Dragons games and bring those to r a
1: interesting, okay, so you have started on the development process I was not not aware of that, so um tell me a little bit more about what your experience with dubbing has been like thus far.
3: It's been very neat. Um, I, you know, I got an advantage just because my career involves uh, computer science and programming. Uh, so finding a lot of the things um, in the set that I'm working on. So I'm working on Toki going ApeSpit for the Genesis. Um, I noticed that Decap Attack had gotten a revised set. A buddy of mine uh, came into my channel and I was like, hey, let me, you know, you, you speed run de- Decap Attack. Let me show you this. And he made mention that he also runs uh, Toki for Genesis, but it doesn't have a set. So I went and looked at it and I'm like, hey, this is perfect. This is a good opportunity for me to get in with a small game, uh, learn how to go find the things that I need to and kind of get a process for developing these. So, you know, uh, of course, I remember when I first played Rondo, I remember letting the demo run and I started getting achievements off the demo. Um, I was like, well, I know that's not right. So I went ahead and started finding things that I knew would, you know, be necessary for that, you know, demo flags, invincibility cheats, things like that. And I'm trying to, uh, knock those out. Um, actually I got the demo flag. I just need the invincibility cheat. I'm going to do that later on today. Uh, but it's been really fun because, um, I watched the video on how to do it. Um, was pretty straightforward and it did not take long to find the values that I needed and pinpoint them down and to start testing and seeing that, yep, the achievements are working as I intend. Uh, at this point, I really need to just finish hammering them out. I've got my plan, uh, put on the topic that's out there. Uh, just need to go through and actually, you know, code the values, get the badges made, and then start getting that reviewed.
1: Yeah, and it's it's good that um you are on the development side now. It's always exciting to see people, um, more people start to develop games, and it feels like now you know every and every three, six, nine hours there's a new title in course set logs. So there's obviously never going to be a lack of um, fresh achievements or things to work on. So I did want to kick it over to um Bendy as far as questions. I appreciate you you answering some of my questions.
2: Oh, for sure. All right, Retrosexual, I wanted to ask you a few questions focusing on uh, your Twitch channel and your experiences with streaming. Uh, All of us on the podcast here have dabbled in Twitch some more than others, but uh, I just wanted to kind of get in your head a little bit and see what your experiences have been like because I feel like Twitch is one of those things everyone approaches a little bit differently, and there's lots of interesting stories to share there. So to get us started, let's go back to the beginning. How did you first get started streaming on Twitch? What did the early days look like for you?
3: It was actually a real interesting process. Um, I don't know what sparked it, but I just decided that, you know, I don't watch TV. I don't really watch a lot of Netflix or Hulu or anything. There are some things that I like to, you know, I'll binge a series and then I'll be done with it, but not a lot of just sitting down and then watching something appeals to me. unlike like the interactive entertainment. So I decided to just check out Twitch. And of course, you know, I've been playing retro games my entire life. Um, You know, I always had a Super Nintendo near me at least. uh, At least, you know, before uh, a couple of different floods had taken those collections from me, which I'll be able to recollect. Not a big deal. But uh, I started watching Twitch. Um, One of the first people that I found, because I I literally just went into the search and type retro and just wanted to see what popped up. Uh, one of the first things that popped up was Arcus and Arcus was extremely wholesome, just a very fun channel to hang out in. Um, But it didn't give that personable connection uh, like I had wanted. Right. So uh, I went searching elsewhere and actually one of the first people that I found was Game Squad Squad, you know, Maximilian um, on RA. And this is right around when I was doing the RetroPie stuff and doing retro achievements just casually on my own. I didn't know how big the site was. I didn't know how big the community was. I just did it because I liked it. But then I happened to be surfing Twitch one day, just looking for people to watch. And sure enough, he had, you know, retro achievements in his title. So I went and I hung out and I started finding other people that also did retro achievements. And it really just spiraled out from there. I started finding people that, um, you know, did things related to retro achievements. Uh, but you know, didn't didn't uh, grind them out like uh, Max does. Uh, that's actually a funny story about how I met Adultery, who made the first Retro Truman's Tracker. Uh, he and I met in uh, JC's channel. JC's a speedrunner. Um, I think at the time he was working on, I want to say Battletoads, Toads, but uh, a buddy of ours. Um, you know, because uh, at this point, Adultery and I had never met. We'd never spoken to each other, but we had seen each other in this channel. We just never directly conversed. However, one of the people that we did converse with, uh, both of us, was Thea Gotch. And Thea Gotch knew both of us and was like, hey, you like retro achievements. That guy likes retro achievements. You guys should talk. And so um, that's, that's really where this kind of took off because, um, you know, I'd watch people do retro achievements, but I never really got to know them. I'm a fan of Max, but I don't really know Max. I don't talk to him on Discord or anything like that. Um, so there was always that disconnect. Well, when Thea Gotch said, Hey, you like retro achievements, Adultery likes retro achievements, you guys should talk. And um, I had, I, this is before I had started streaming. Um, so I, I've, I've yet to go live. One of the things that I wanted to make, though, was a tracker, which I know we're going to talk about later. Um, and so I start conversing with Adultery through, you know, private messages on Twitch. And I linked in this website that I found. And I was like, Hey, man, somebody, you know, went ahead and set up a server so that you can just uh, do restful calls restful, get calls, uh, to their backend. And it'll go ahead and execute the PHP to go ahead and, you know, um, ping the retro achievements API, you know, to get you this information. He goes, yeah, man, that's really cool. That's my website. And so from then on, you know, me and him were extremely buddy buddy and I watched him do retro achievements, uh, for a while. And that's when I was like, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. Um, I'm just going to throw a layout on the screen. Uh, but that's really what I want to do. I think I ran Doom for a little bit, uh, but you know, I'm just starting out. Nobody knows who I am. Um, I decided, you know what? I just want to have fun with this. So I'm just going to do retro achievements. And so I started to do that. My first set being Mega Man X. And so when I started doing that, I would go live and other retro achievers would come in there. Uh, Max came in, Adultery came in, um, had a few speedrunners for Rondo of Blood whenever I was doing that come in. Like, it, it really just blossomed from there because uh, it wasn't about the fact that I was doing retro achievements or the fact that I was playing games with people speedrun. It just felt like a really good community that I was getting to be a part of. Um, so for me, it was just like, you know what? I really like the retro achievements thing. I think this is what I'm going to stick with. And I played a few modern games, you know, to kind of break it up. But for me, it was really just saying, hey, I'm going to go out here. I'm just going to you know, try to carve my little niche into Twitch doing retro achievements. Um, And slowly over the course of about a year is kind of how I decided, you know what, these RPG sets are rough. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of patience to do so. Uh, And those badges mean a lot. You know, when you see those on somebody's page, they put in the time and effort and they had the patience and they made it happen. So for me, I felt like, hey, if that's going to be what my brand is about, then that's what I'm going to make it about. So if you go to my page, you're probably going to see that, hey, there are a few little you know side scroller sets on there. And oh my goodness, it's nothing but RPGs after that. And that's pretty much how I've been operating on Twitch for about a year and a half now.
2: What a great story. I think there really is something incredible about the Retro Achievements community, how we all have, it seems like we all have these little stories where we met someone in the community, maybe it was a streamer, maybe it was a friend, but we all have these stories about Retro Achievements community members just sort of pulling us in, making us feel at home, like part of the family. So I think that's great that you have that with Max and Adultery, really great guys, love to hear it. So, you mentioned a little bit about your overall branding and your goals playing through RPGs and Final Fantasy. I wanted to delve a little bit deeper into that. How did you come up with all of the little things, all of the little details of your branding, from your Twitch emotes to your overlay, just the overall package? How did that come about? (laughs)
3: <laughs> no, that actually started because, um, I, again, like the, the part of my, uh, brand that doesn't really get shown a lot because I'm really focusing on RA right now is the first person shooter aspect. Um, th- those are the types of games that I grew up on. I was either playing my super Nintendo or I was on my PC, you know, a little dinky computer that my family had. Uh, but it, I was either playing doom or quake or some type of first person shooter, because that's what you know, really appealed to me. I had buddies in high school that that's really what we um, really love to dive into was, hey, let's go bring our rigs over to you know, a particular friend's house. Let's set up the land. And let's get it going. Um, so that's the you know side that I don't really focus on just right now because I really am diving into R.A. Um, but as far as the branding and everything goes, that's really what it is. is going to be a mix of that because you have, um, a, I believe a uh, man over Mars named my character, mega doom. He's the artist that did all of my work. Great. Fantastic artist. If I could shout him out, he's just amazing work. Uh, but he helped uh, make that character. And I was just thinking, you know, that's really what my brand is like. Um, you know, you do, you, you mix mega man, mega man is about becoming stronger over time overcoming obstacles and just slowly building that strength to me. Doom is just being completely wild, going in guns a glutton for punishment and just making it happen. And so for me, putting those two things together is how the, you know, retrosexual brand kind of came about. I'm pretty much going to take a set. I'm going to go in guns a I'm going to <laughs> just suffer through it as much grinding as it takes, but I'm going to get that badge. And that's what it's really all about. That's a really great philosophy to have. It sounds like you found
2: this, uh, this character, this icon, that really represents what you and your streaming journey is all about, and I think a lot of streamers struggle with that. It's hard to find that little niche that, yeah, this is what represents me, that sounds like you've done a pretty solid job at it. So I wanted to shift gears a little bit and uh, talk about the RVC, that Retro Variety Crew. I understand you're a member of them, but for our listeners who are unfamiliar, can you please describe a little bit what exactly the RVC
3: is? I'm a founding member of the RVC. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So um, again, um, this is going to go into uh, my relationship with Adultery, because again, he's one of my best buds on here. Uh, He invited me in because, you know, I really fit. the the type of community that they wanted to build there. And there was about four or five of us in that discord to begin with. Um, And really what we wanted to do was just kind of create a community that was like, look, you can come in and, you know, joke around as much as you want to. You can, you know, do it. You can be yourself as long as being you does not infringe upon, you know, somebody else. Now you can say things that, you know, as long as they're not politically charged or anything like that, and they're a little uncouth, yeah, that's going to fly pretty well in our discord, but we also like to keep it drama free. Really. It's just supposed to be a place where people can come in and say, Hey, it really doesn't matter what you do on Twitch, but if you like retro games and just, you know, uh, other things that you like to do on your channel, we might be a fit for you. Uh, I want to emphasize the V of variety in the RVC. I also don't just do retro games. I like to do some modern shooters, you know, when it's relevant. Uh, but I also do crafting. Um, I'm a big Warhammer 40k fan, so I paint miniatures on stream. Um, I'm a cosplayer, so as soon as I get my, you know, room set up, I'll have uh, webcams and things set up to do that. And that's going to be a good representation of what the RVC is like. If you join that Discord, one, mute it because it's active. Uh, But two, you'll also see that it's a very diverse population. There are sections carved out to say, hey, you're a speedrunner? We got you covered. You're a retro achiever? We got you covered. You do cooking streams? We got you covered. It really doesn't matter as long as what you're trying to get out of Twitch. is trying to find a community of people that just want to keep it drama free, have a good time, and support each other.
2: Yeah, the RVC Discord is a really cool place. I I will admit I mostly just sort of lurk around there, but there's lots of good discussions, lots of entertaining streamers. I would definitely recommend people check it out. So we'll be sure to get that information in the description of the video so people can check it out. So I have a challenging question for you. I'll give you a moment to think about this one, or maybe you'll have an immediate answer. I don't know. But I have to ask you, if you had to pick just one,
3: who is your favorite streamer in RVC? Who's my favorite streamer in RVC? Oh, uh, I don't know if I could answer that one. That's a that is a really tough question. Um, I you know what's funny? For the longest time, whenever I was streaming, um, I was a you know I'm, I'm a small time streamer. I don't really I don't get to do it as much because I am working on these other projects that we're talking about. Um, but for about a good span of a year, my default rate target was always going to be adultery because I knew that my audience would enjoy him if they weren't already in there. And he was going to be running very similar things that I would. So adultery was always one of those streamers that I knew that if he was streaming, I could rate him. And even if I didn't, I could go hang out after my stream and I would have a good time. And he also is pretty much the glue that held that community together for a long time and is probably the primary reason that it blossomed into what it is now. Definitely, we're all big fans of adultery here
2: at the RA podcast. And it's, if anyone who's tuned into his streams, anyone who knows him, it's very apparent. He's a great guy and it's apparent how much he does to uh, work on and hold together the RVC. He really does put in a lot of hard work. Um, I wanted to ask you also about Retro Block Party. So what exactly is retro block party and what is your level of involvement with this?
3: Okay. So retro block party is a charity organ organization. I'm an organizer for them. Um, I do mostly the technical side of, we put on, um, it used to be monthly events, but due to the risk of burnout and the fact that, you know, um, there's a lot of financial hardship going around. We wouldn't want to try to get people to donate on a monthly basis, But what we do is we put on charity events to try to raise money for uh, different causes, whether they be St. Jude's. um, This month we'll be doing, um, you know, for ALS. uh, Just basically we pick a charity and try to do it. Currently, right now, we are uh, experimenting with different formats. So this month will be just like we've always done where we have the weekend event, um, you know, full lineup of streamers that are going to come in and present for us and have a good time. Uh, here now here recently we decided to change it up uh, to try to incorporate a few different things. We don't really want to lean into the speed running aspect because you know, there are plenty of speed running charities, you know, uh, everybody knows uh game's done quick. So, you know, speed running that's done. One of the things that we've really enjoyed here recently is a very small thing that we do called rando block party. And that's where we get uh, randomizers, randomizer runners together, uh, and get races done doing that, and that's been really fun. Um, just having those guys come in, either it be a solo run or a race between you know multiple streamers, uh, those have become very entertaining for us. Uh, I, I had to admit that you know once I saw what was going on, I think I went and I downloaded, or well, not downloaded, but I bookmarked about twenty different uh, pages that I could get different randomizers for uh, that definitely appealed to me. Uh, the ones that were more interesting that did not, I would not see on the Rando Block Party uh, segment that we do would be like Baldur's Gate. You know, I'm a big D and D nut, so I saw those and was like, oh man, I, I, I got to see what this is about. Um, so it, it's really a charity organization that tries to put on a different show. Uh, but you know, every couple of months we get together, we try to raise money for a good cause, and we just try to have a good time doing it.
2: That's great. That's really great. I I think it's fascinating that you mentioned, uh, with the popularity of things like GDQ, Games uh, games Dumbed Quick, that you were able to carve out your own niche and find something to set this event apart from the other similar things. And for such a great cause, I mean, that's just fantastic. So reflecting on your time uh, streaming on Twitch... What is your favorite moment that has happened during one of your streams? Has there ever been just a standout moment where something crazy <laughs> or exciting happened?
3: Yeah, um, all right. So I don't know uh, how uh, valid this is, but um, at one point I was running a game or I was just playing through a game called Anachronox. Uh, it's an RPG made by IDOS, built in a modified Quake 2 engine that is hilarious. Um, if you have never played an I highly recommend it. Um, you can get a special, uh, DLL to run the engine that it's in to run on modern hardware a lot better. Um, so there is an not artifact and, you know, do all the wonky stuff that it does. But one of my viewers, uh, said, Hey man, you know, I used to work with Tom Hall, Tom Hall being, uh, uh for those that don't know, he wrote the doom Bible. He was one of the original, um, four big names at id that helped make doom. Um, he said, Hey man, you know, I could probably get him in here. And I dismissed it. I was like, yeah, you're, you're full of crap. There's no way you were going to get Tom Hall to come in here. Well, about 10 minutes later, an account that had been made in 2013 called the real Tom Hall came in and started talking to me about uh, the game and thanked me for playing his game. And that was a moment that I was like, is this really happening? Because, you know, like I, I, I am a big John Carmack, you know, John Romero fan. Like, All the folks at id that got together and made some of my favorite games, there's no way one of them is in my channel talking to me about another one of my favorite games that he made that I'm playing right now. As far as I know, Tom Hall came into my channel and talked to me about Anachronox, and that's probably one of the biggest, like, whoa moments I've ever had on Twitch.
2: That's incredible. I feel like if something like that had happened to me, I would just be starstruck not even sure how to compose myself. That's, that's really incredible. What a story. I'm glad you're able to share that with us. Um, what would you say you have learned during your time as a
3: streamer from the early days to today? What have you learned during this time? I would say don't, there are certain things that you need to do, especially for me. I'm a smaller streamer. I don't, I, you know, obviously it's not like my career. I'm not going to try to push for partner anytime soon. I really just enjoy going live and hanging out with people that have the same interest that I do. So for anybody on Twitch, um, whether they're pushing for partner or not, uh, I would say whenever you go live, turn off things like view count and other things because they're not what's important. If somebody pops into your chat and starts talking to you, then you're just hanging out with somebody. To me, being a small time streamer on Twitch is uh, basically being able to say, hey, this is actually a very big interest for me, but I can't express that fandom locally, you know, in my current group of friends. Like my group of friends, they know that I love, you know, retro video games. Um, They know that I have a Twitch channel and everything like that. But, you know, whenever I log off, uh, for those that don't know, I'm just Lamar. Like, that's my name. Like, and to my buddies, I'm not retrosexual. I'm just Lamar. And so they look at my Twitch as just a hobby that I have. Um, My younger brother actually uh, is a Twitch fan, so he will come in more often. Uh, It's mainly to heckle me, which is expected. Uh, But for me, Twitch is going to not be about viewer counts or sub-counts or anything like that. Uh, To me, it should just be about hanging out with people that have similar interests and a similar fandom and being able to express that, uh, you know, with each other, uh, just in a way that we can all enjoy.
2: I think that's a great philosophy to have. I think that so many, well, for every small streamer, there's always that moment where you ask yourself, why am I doing this? What is this all about? And it is pretty easy to get consumed and view counts and statistics and all of that. But I think that's some pretty solid advice you gave there. I think a lot of people should really take that to heart. At this point, I'd like to throw things over to my good friend Draco. He has some questions for you about uh, your work on the RA Tracker. So whenever you're ready, take it away, Draco.
0: Thank you, Bendy, for the uh, awesome uh, segment with uh, with Retro So. My segment is the, I think, would be the best of the segment because we're going to talk about the RA trackers. So before that, uh, your little boy Draco was doing some, um, when well, i putting something on my stream and I put like some pictures and stuff to the achievement I was tracking on. But when I saw back on the first day, I made someone, I was super stoked about it. And now here up my retro buddy make this new one. So retro. So Adultery was like the first who made the first tracker for RVC. Can you explain to us how you become involved with this project and create the new trackers?
3: Yeah, um the tracker was an interest of mine before I even had met adultery, and that was you know part of the story about how we got introduced was me trying to find how I would actually get this on the screen because at that point, I didn't even know how to get this thing to go live. I didn't know how you would get this to show up on your screen, anything like that. Adultery had already had that experience and he was already working on it. He had his own server for, uh, you know, um, calling the retro achievements API. Uh, and so a lot of, uh, the experience that I have for the tracker that I made is, uh, comes from what adultery had made. Uh, you know, he, he went a particular route with the technologies that he used. Um, and I, I kept pressure him. I was like, Hey man, let me look at the source code. Let me help you out. Let me try to add to this. And he was like, there's no way you're looking at code that I wrote. And now that I have my own tracker, I completely understand. And no, nobody's ever going to see that if I can help it. But that's um, really was like the first interest on uh, for me on Twitch was being able to say, hey, you know, the little static pop-ups, that's nice and all. But when you're talking about Twitch, you know, you have some people that have the production value of Hollywood, it seems like, you know, and they're able to put things on the screen that, just make their, uh, stream that much more presentable and enjoyable and engages their audience and things like that. And to me at that time, I was a big fan of RA. So that's why I kind of dove into it. Um, so I took what I had learned from how he was you know, doing these things and all the things that I had learned from Twitch, uh, you know, streaming from over a year. And I applied those to what I was, uh, what the idea that I had, because I didn't even know if this was plausible, but You know, obviously we're here now, so, you know, I was able to pull it off, but a lot of what I had learned had come from how Adultery was able to present stuff on the screen, how to capture it for, you know, OBS or whatever streaming software you're using. And so, yeah, I learned a lot from him and then applied that to really just using newer technology to try to make what we have now.
0: I mean, to be honest, like I, I cannot, like, I I don't have any words to say, like how much I appreciate Adultery and you find or made these trackers for just like people like me, just like using like every single day and just trying for hunting my achievement and make this more interactive. So I'm very, very like, thank you for, for doing that. So like, I'm like a little baby right now. Um. So my question was like, how does your, the, the new tracker is different than the other one? Because they have maybe like some slight difference between between the all, all those.
3: Yeah, so I can actually talk about the technologies and the methods that are used to do it. So with adulterys Tracker, he was creating um, static windows uh, to present this information, right? Um, so you would go and uh, let's take the notification because the notification, that pop, you know, achievement pop, that's what we all want, right? Uh, the focus is nice, showing your stats, that's nice. But that pop is what's up. So for that one, um, he was using a uh, static window. You would go ahead and capture it and then it would not render if there was no achievement, right? And then, of course, you know you get an achievement. Uh, the window renders; it gets captured on the um, screen, and then there you go—you've got uh, your notification for what you have. For me, though, you know, it was limited, which w- he he knows that too. It just had static text and an image on there. Well, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, man, I'm you know, I'm I'm into my software engineering career now. I know a lot about how to make you know stuff to be. Uh, used on OBS to be captured. I know how to, you know, animate stuff. I, I want to try to make that. And so uh, I think it was a retro block party where we had a very bad technical issue and I whipped up a WinForms app super quick um, for our, what was it? Oh, it's our scheduling slider. Yeah, that, all right. So the scheduling slider for retro block party is actually why the uh, current retro achievement tracker exists because we needed a way to show Things about who was currently playing, the charity that we were working on, and who was on deck for the next presentation, right for their next block. And so I was like, well, you know, you can do uh, HTML rendering. You can just embed a browser into a WinForms app and use that. And so we did, and I just put a magenta background to it. Uh, we captured it, did a filter, and everything looked great. And I think it was about halfway through that that event. Um, it was probably about 2 a.m. and about my fifth cup of coffee. And I, I just had an epiphany. I was like, wait, you mean it? Wait, I can actually render animation and stuff. Why don't I just hook in the uh, achievements tracker and do that? And I was like, wait, why don't we even need to fool with that one? I'll just write my own. You know, I can ping the same service. I'll just write it in um, uh, .NET Framework instead of uh, VB.NET. And there we go. It just uh, spiraled out of control from there. I started with one big window. Um, and uh, I got to give a shout out to Dan Carnate right now, because, uh, Dan was the one that, um, gave me the idea for the different windows because I had one big window and he goes, Oh yeah, I just captured it three times and cut everything out. I was like, Dan, you're a genius. I'm just going to make three separate windows. So, you know, over the course of the past couple of months is how I refined that. Um, and I'm pretty sure, uh, you yourself, Draker, are going to come up with something that, you know, I had never thought of because I'm the developer and it's going to make its way into the tracker app. Um, so that's really what it was. It was an evolution over time of saying, "This is how it. it how, this is how it is done. This is how it could be done." And then here are all the good ideas from the users that I'm not going to think of because I'm the developer, and I'll apply those as well. And so far, that's how we've gotten where we are now.
0: But yeah, like 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 I said, like for me, just seeing like the stat you just put it out, and it's just like you see like the little like bumping your point, uh, just like you see immediately like changing right away, and. Your um, animation for when you got an achievement or something. This is like, for me, it's like, this is like just unbelievable. Like I not believe we we have this. I mean, it's just like it's clean, it's beautiful, and people can actually see something like this. So, so um, another question I want to ask you is, what is your goal with the, this tracker? Do you have any?
3: Oh I, I really right now the goal is technically met. It's just that I want to improve it for the streamers that use it. Uh, the main thing was is to really show um, how fun RA can be and how competitive it can be. because you know for me, if you look at my rank, that's eh, you know it's a low number on the list. Now if I go to Draco's stream, if I go to your stream and I start seeing how many uh, badges that you've got and your rank and everything, I'm going to be a lot more engaged. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to go, whoa, this, is, this, this guy is in the top 20. I'm going to watch this guy. And then I'm going to see, you know, I'm going to actively see in real time as his rank goes up or goes down, you know, because it's very competitive at the tier that you're at. I really wanted that to be presented to uh, the Twitch viewers because I feel like that really helps with the overall production value as well as helping to engage your audience. And I really hope that, you know, being able to see your rank go up or go down, or you know, watching your points go up, watching you get achievements. I really hope that that drives viewer engagement and can really help bring a lot more attention to the retro achievements community.
0: I I hope that too. I hope like a lot of people would be interested with what you have you have created because this is very fantastic. Um. So, uh, a question for that: So, people who are listening to to this right now and they are interested into the the re trackers, where they can find it.
3: Um, I have, uh, well, I have my own GitHub uh, for, it's not actually a company or anything, but you can look for Colossus Gaming. Uh, if you do that, you should be able to find a link uh, for the latest uh, layout manager. Uh, it also auto-updates. Um, I'm trying to figure out why it wipes out people's settings every time it updates, so hopefully I don't have to deal with that anymore. Uh, but you should be able just to download the latest one and be prompted for an update anytime that I am able to release something and it should be able to auto-manage itself. Uh, the other option is to go into the RVC Discord. Um, since the and I operate out of that Discord, that's also where you're going to find the most tracker information and discussion.
0: And we're going to make sure also could we going to give us the link into the description of this video so if people want it, we, they have an easy access to it. Oh, um, yeah. Another question. Are there any any like new features you would like to add maybe in the futures or...
3: Uh, So you had, uh, you and Dan both had brought up um, being able to uh, skip over an achievement and being able to uh, keep going forward without having it, you know, go back uh, to show an achievement that you're clearly not going to be working on right now. That's more of a uh, quality of life. The one thing that is out right now that um, I'm hoping people take advantage of is custom notifications. Uh, What, um, what this feature does is you have the default one where, um, I, I just use Samus because, you know, we're Chivo hunting. I can't think of a better hunter myself than Samus. So she's kind of the, you know, um, flag, uh, what would you call the flag bearer for retro achievements? As far as I'm concerned, I have talked to Dan about making some RA specific stuff so that we don't, you know, infringe on copyrights or use other artists, uh, material, you know, without their consent or, you know, paying for it or anything. Um, I think for right now, uh, it's just going to be quality of life improvements until somebody says, hey, can you do this? And if somebody can come up with a really good idea that requires, you know, a big feature release, then I'll definitely work on it. Uh, But for right now, because of the fact that you can load up a WebM file and be able to uh, position it correctly on the screen, you can choose the time at which your um, the actual achievement fades in and fades out. So you can really customize what you're trying to do. That was the biggest hurdle that I was trying to get over. I think for now, until somebody can tell me something that really blows my mind, it's going to be quality of life improvements for streamers like you and Dan.
0: Interesting. Uh, I like for me, like uh, for me, I wanted to maybe like have maybe like a, my triangle, like maybe like pulling some fire somewhere. I don't know. I need to make something with a, uh, with like some animation and stuff. Um another question, uh, do you think like anyone can use this tracker or maybe like some people have some restriction with, which they maybe cannot have in it or
3: Uh so far the all right so the biggest hurdle that I had to uh, overcome was people who had not started doing retro achievements yet. Uh but one of our RVC members, the ferryman, uh he wanted to throw his hat in the ring. He's currently working on some Mega Man X games. Uh he was an uh, retro achiever who had just started. And so that caused a lot of issues because I was totally expecting people to be established whenever they had started using this, uh, uh, my software. So it was really cool though. He's extremely patient and extremely friendly. Um, a great addition to the RBC. Uh, so he worked with me on being able to figure out, you know, um, what were actually causing the issues for him to not be able to use the app. So, we were able to work through those, meaning that even if you don't have a Retro Achievements account, but you want to start streaming it on Twitch, you could, in fact, simply download uh, the app, um, do some screen captures, and you're good to go.
0: Awesome. Um, what is your uh, background? I think we, we speak a little bit about it, but do you have a, what is your background in programming coding for maybe using this? or?
3: Yeah, so um, it, it's actually a funny story. I lost my job in 2009. Uh, and that was a big blow because I could not find work. I was in the boat that a lot of people were in and I thought that I would go back to school, you know, because one, it was one of the only options I really had, but, um, I thought I would go back and do it like I had done before, which was, you know, configuring routers, switches, things like that. Um, I did a lot of networking, you know, work, uh, when I was going to technical school, but I never finished that. So I didn't even have an associates that causes a lot of problems when you go to try to find a job and you don't have that piece of paper. So when I went back to school, I went back for computer science and, um, I actually went back for it. And then the day of classes, I walked in and said, you know what, this is the one thing that I have tried before, uh, specifically programming. I even tried to, you know, just modify some wild mods with limited success. I was like, no, I want to understand this. It's not like this is magic. So I want to be able to dive in and actually understand it. And it really lends itself whenever you're interested in the ones and zeros of a computer game, you know, you have just how, uh, these games are structured. Uh, the interest is really what lent itself to me being able to succeed in that. So I went, uh, I did four years, uh, graduated with a major in CS a minor in software engineering. Um, and then since then I've been a software engineer for a well, senior software engineer for a fortune 50 company for the last five years. Um, so a lot of the things that go into the tracker are things that I have learned, especially when it comes to, uh, what you have captured to put on your stream. Um, I'm literally, uh, rendering an HTML page and I'm injecting JavaScript directly into it, which is how, uh, you see those, you know, plus ones and your rank increase, as well as the animations and the focus.
0: That's, that's awesome. Um, so my last question for the segment of the RA trackers. So what is Lee, uh, what is like your, some of the challenge you have working into this project? What is like the biggest challenge so far?
3: Um, uh, for at least specifically if we're getting down to the technical level is working with, uh, C sharp and the .NET framework and being able to, uh, handle asynchronous processes while keeping them in sync. One of the original problems that I was having was the achievements, uh, we either overlap, um, because, you know, if, if I go through and I do a check, I just explain how this works. Every five seconds I update. Uh, based off of the Retro Achievements API because I don't want to bombard the server. You know, I don't want to break the RA server, but I do want to update. Maybe I can, you know, weasel my way in and talk about, you know, getting a webhook maybe later. But for now, I have to update every five seconds. So what I do is I see, hey, how many achievements did you have unlocked before I did this? And how many do you have now? Right? I put those into a list and then I have to control actually animating those. So how it works now, I'll just get to the end of that. Um, I have an observable list that says, hey, um, I can tell you that this list just got added on to, right? Somebody actually put something in here, right? Well, I have a controlled process that says, all right, you've been kicked off. You've got stuff in here you need to animate. Go ahead and start animating it. Well, the way that it works, and this is me trying to make this as simple as I can for uh, Twitch streamers that may not have, you know, the technical knowledge to get all this stuff up and running. When you load your webm file to do a custom achievement, I actually check the duration of that so that I know when I can fire the next achievement, right? Um, So what happens is, is that I'm iterating through this list. Um, I'm uh, looking at an achievement. I say, hey, fire off. And then at least not wait, but do something else or just, you know, don't worry about animating until I tell you to do that again. Um, so being able to keep all that synchronized so that it looks good, animates correctly, and doesn't miss uh, was definitely the biggest challenge. The one that I'm hoping to get over now is simply uh, the five-second delay uh, because it's not good for, uh, you know, your Twitch presentation, especially if you're using the um, RA Libretro emulator. You're going to see that achievement pop immediately, but you may have to wait a whole five seconds for it to show up on your, your Twitch stream. And if you've ever been silent for five seconds on a Twitch stream, you know that's not good. So for me, um, getting it to animate correctly has been the biggest hurdle. I'm hoping that the next hurdle that I can overcome is having to poll the uh, website every five seconds uh, to get that information so that I can trigger those animations for everybody.
0: I mean, t- to be honest, like the, the incredible like amount of work you both, both of you have done is amazing and... I'm pretty sure, like a lot of uh, a lot of people like me, are super happy to using it, and just just thank you for that one. So my last topic. So we don't talk anymore about retroshipping, not about the trackers. I want to know who is you because I we don't know like a lot of the stuff about you. So my first question is like, how did you come up with your name? Because retrosexual is quite like unique. So how do you come up with that?
3: I, that, that's the million dollar question, man. Uh, That's the one thing that I, I don't know why it came to my mind. I could not believe that it wasn't taken already. Um, but it is definitely the most, uh, it is the one thing that gets me the most attention on Twitch. I feel like, um, it even happened today because I was uh, chatting in, um, a buddy of mine's chat and I get a little, you know, it highlights the message and says, Oh, that's a great name. And I can't tell you how many times that has gotten attention. I'm I'm pretty sure that's why me and adultery know each other is because I showed up in JC's channel one day and a lot of times a bigger streamer will go, man, I really wish I thought of that name. Um, But to me, it's just, you know, it's just a name. Um, To me, it's just going to be a way to grab attention. Uh, But, you know, there's nothing sexual about it. There's nothing um, that, you know, I know I don't try to be offensive or anything like that. Uh, my main thing is just, you know, I'm a retro enthusiast. Um, I'm going to be kind of a weird guy if I want to be. But for the most part, I really just like, uh, you know, getting the attention, you know, when I need to. Um, but really, it's just because I'm a retro enthusiast and I could not believe that name wasn't taken. So I took it right up.
0: I mean, I really like that name and I got a lot of attention to just <laughs> every time I say it. But uh, yeah, I really I really like it. Um, do you have any favorite hobby outside of Are?
3: Oh, I have a lot of hobbies. Okay, so um, I do a lot of tabletop wargaming. Um, I do a lot of painting of those figurines. So I like to do that on stream sometimes. Um, I'm a big fan of martial arts, but, uh, you know, due to the uh, COVID pandemic, I'm not able to actually grapple with anyone right now. Um, I was doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a while. That was very fun. I feel like those kind of things are just uh, a good way to keep your body and mind in tune with one another. I feel like the, I'm not very spiritual or religious, but I feel like being able to keep your body and mind kind of in sync with those types of activities and exercises uh, really lend itself to just a better experience in life. You know, you're very uh, in tune with what um, your body's going through. um, And it's an all around good activity to do. Um, I do woodworking from time to time. Um, I'm, very much into the cosplay scene now. I'm not very good at making costumes, but you know, nobody is when they first start out. Uh, really sad that dragon con didn't happen this year, but I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, let's see. What else do I do? Um, I mean, I'm just now getting back into playing my guitar. I've been talking to, again, I mentioned ferryman. He's been a big influence on that. hung out with a bunch of friends last night and we were just, you know, jamming out. I can't really play that much, but Uh, We were just jamming out, listening to music, and um, it really inspired me. My first major was going to be music. So for me, being able to play again is uh, very rewarding. Um, And also being able to do the painting and stuff for uh, different types of art. I like being able to be technical. Uh, I like being physical, but I also like being artistic. I like being able to just be multifaceted like that. I think it really just creates a better experience and also gives you a better perspective. uh, Just to other people, being able to see their mindset and everything. And being able to relate to them more
0: wow that's awesome i didn't know you uh, you did some martial heart because even for i mean we are in pretty much in the same boat because i went doing some karate and because of the covid we cannot even do that anymore but one of the hobby i didn't even know was the cosplay how did you get into cosplaying who was your favorite character to cosplay or
3: Oh yeah. That, that, that's an easy one so far. Um, again, going back to the Warhammer 40 K, uh, I read the books for the Eisenhorn series written by a great author named Dan Abnett. he also wrote for, uh, I believe it's 82,000, which is the magazine that published judge dread. So he wrote for that, which also lends itself to the 40 K universe. And yeah, I really enjoyed that character and, um, I basically wrote to one of my coworkers since she's a seamstress or at least, you know, um, No, she's a programmer, but she also was able to sew for me. And we basically made that costume. I made a lot of the foam props and the staff and everything that he has. And she helped me make the jacket and pants and everything else that went along with it. So that one is uh, the one that I put the most time into so far. Currently right now, in fact, it's sitting in there. I've got to finish up before Halloween is a uh, sword from Shira for my niece. She uh, got the Halloween costume which came with uh, all the clothes, a shield, but no sword. So it's like, uh uh-uh. I mean, I'm not going to build you something solid that you can hit your sister over the head with, but I'll make you a nice sword. Uh, sword of protection, I think is what it's called. And then, uh, of course, um, the one that I'm working on right now is Richter from Castlevania Rondo of Blood. That's going to be one that I think is going to be awesome because, one, I'm probably not going to sweat to death like I almost did in the Eisenhorn outfit, uh, but Richter is also just one of my favorite characters. Uh, Rondo was the second uh, badge that I got. Uh, for retro achievements. And Richter has by far been my favorite Belmont out of the entire series. So looking forward to redoing the Eisenhorn cosplay. Um, definitely going to be doing the Richter cosplay. Uh, I want to do it before Halloween since I've actually cut some weight. I want to get that one prepared. Uh, I'm going to try. We do no, no guarantee on success, but, uh, also my younger brother is into it as well. Him and his wife are, um, He's, um, um, I'm six feet tall, but he's a lot shorter than I am. So our cosplay idea is if we're both in shape by next year for Dragon Con, he will be going as Weapon X Wolverine and I'll be going as Sabretooth.
0: That's awesome. Um, I know you don't watch television, but do you watch any kind of movie or anime? Or what is your, if, if so, what is your favorite uh, of those?
3: I definitely grew up on Dragon Ball Z and that lends itself to, you know, me wanting to be physically fit as well as, you know, uh, just trying to push to do things on hard mode. You know, anything in life worth doing is going to be difficult to do. Uh, right now, I uh, hit up a buddy of mine actually this morning because I want to check out, was it uh, Neo, Neon Genesis uh, Evangelion, I think is what it's called. I'm not very (laughs) up to date on uh, most animes. It wasn't, you know, uh, a very influential part of my childhood. I did watch uh, as a teenager, I watched vampire Hunter D and I'm trying to think of the other anime, but though the, that vampire Hunter D was very influential on me to at least like uh, that type of uh, anime. As far as uh, series go, Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just something that's come with age. I'm actually more into documentaries. I really want to watch the high score documentary just because, you know, uh, gaming is life. So I really want to check that one out. Um, But for right now, I'm actually trying to branch out uh, and just experience things that I hadn't experienced before. So anime being one of them, that particular series interests me. So I'll be checking that out. Uh, But for the most part, um, I like watching you know documentaries and things like that. They just seem to hold my interest more than fictional stories, at least ones that aren't interactive.
0: That's very, very interesting, my friend. So we are already into the last question. What kind of music do you like to listen?
3: <laughs> heavy metal, to, to uh, put it succinctly, it's going to be heavy metal. That's probably my favorite genre of music. Um, here recently, though, just to make sure that I don't, you know, it, it's a very emotional time right now for people. And I don't want to uh, get myself worked up because I know music can definitely affect my emotional state. So one of the things that I actually really like are the video game cover artists, and that's what I listen to a lot right now. Are the um, you know uh, heavy metal cover artists that just do great renditions of video game music, and it's a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of the influence of why I have decided to pick up my guitar again and start practicing it.
0: I'm pretty sure you and shoot with the heavy metal music. We have a lot in common right there. So that's all the question we have for you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today, RetroSexual. We really, really appreciate having you here. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts or comment that you would like to share?
3: Uh, Really, I would just say if you guys need anything from me, uh, please just reach out um, if it's about the tracker, if it's about retro achievements in general, just please reach out. Uh, the only thing that I think may have been interest uh, coming in the future is I'm going to attempt to see if I can do retro achievements on um, not native hardware, but on a microcontroller to see if I can uh, bridge this gap between speedrunners that swear by native hardware and then retro achievers that complain about input lag. I'm hoping to bridge that gap and try to bring some, you know, commonality and bring peace to that region.
0: Awesome. So to the people at home, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to like the video and hit the bell notification for uh, to not miss any future episode to go live. Let us know in the comments what other guests you would like to see on our podcast. This is Draco655 and bye-bye.